Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, our Women in League show, episode 18. My name is Dan Frost, and tonight I've got Tasha with me. Alicia, a little bit unwell, so it'll just be the two of us tonight, and we also have a special guest who we're very excited about talking to in a second. But Tash, yeah, here we are. We're still in pre-season mode. We, uh, we're seeing a lot of players on social media, both uh, male and female, you know, getting out there, getting after it, trying to, trying to uh, I guess, come back and start their pre-seasons. Uh, it just makes us reflect on a little bit of footy that we played. Uh, yeah, talk to us about your memories of, of those uh, those daunting pre-seasons. Yeah, Dan, look, um, by the time the pre-season came around, I was sort of in two minds because I wanted to get back into my footy. Like, you really miss it during the off-season, but you know that you're just going to get smashed with the cardio work and, you know, the, the long distance and the fitness. So that was my only um, – I was captain and – you know, so to run the long distance, you couldn't cut corners. You had to lead by example, but, geez, it didn't come naturally to me, I tell you what. It's uh, it's a little bit painful. I remember for me it was you, you always think you're fitter than what you actually are before you hit pre-season, you know, like because you're, you're gym fit, you do a little bit by yourself, you, you, you know, you head into your first sort of field sessions and you think, I've got this, you know, no problems, and then um, you quickly embarrass yourself. All right, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won Women's State of Origin on a great performance by the Australian Gillaroos. Champion teams do this. They find space, they find time. Loved watching her play and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yeah, and this week on The Huddle, another very special team and a very special guest. Uh, We're still up in Queensland, up in the BHB uh, Queensland Women's Premiership. And this week, we've got the Central Queensland Capras, and we're going to welcome a very special guest, Mariah Storch, to the show. Mariah, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, we're uh, we're very, very very, very good and uh, very, very looking forward to, I guess, talking about the season that you guys went through and, and just football in general. We've... Uh, been very fortunate to our listeners that haven't had a chance to go back and listen to uh, other episodes. Uh, we, we definitely recommend you go back and do that. But, uh, Mariah, we're going to start back at the at the very start. Talk to us about sort of pre-season, heading into the year, how the group was feeling, and, yeah, just the general vibe of, uh, of the team coming into season 2021. Yeah, it was a pretty good um, a pretty good start to the season, I suppose. We, we um, come off of the year before where we were going to play and then – then it was cancelled and then to start of next year, it was just the sort of like the hype year, you know, the first season of the BHP Premiership that was officially going to go ahead and everyone was excited around training and uh, to get in and get into camp and see where everyone's fitness levels are at and then also to be able to um, get through full pre-season um, well and fit and then, yeah, try and make our name in the, in the BHP Premiership. Yeah, and we'll obviously we'll talk more about um, you know the, the squad. You know, shortly we'll go through some individual players as well. But you know, what, what was it sort of like? Were there a lot of familiar faces coming into camp? You know, before the start of the season, or a bit of a mixture? There was probably a bit of a mixture. I know, like for myself, I've played with a, uh, a fair bunch of the girls um, before, just with the way that the league used to work, like the 
um, yeah, the way that the I suppose to get to the top level, but um, which was good. It was good to have some familiar faces, but it was great to see some of the young kids coming through as well that we were able to bring up, like um, yeah, a few of the girls from Yapoon there, like Emma Packy, and um, it was good to be able to see them uh, perform at this level, I suppose. Yeah, Mariah, you're talking about the young kids coming through. I'm going to talk about a very, very young um, child, um, Henley Grace. Um, you must have been excited to get back. Can you tell me a little bit about Henley Grace? Oh, well, she was born on the, on the 5th of February um, and then, which I was so excited about, obviously, and, um, yeah, then... I suppose just to get into a short pre-season of eight weeks and then come back to play footy. But, yeah, she's such a beautiful little girl. She sleeps well like a mother, so. That's an outstanding story. I love that. And and it's only like eight or nine weeks and you were back out on the paddock tackling after, after yeah. birth, eight, nine weeks. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I, it, was a, it was a lot to, um, I suppose, to bring myself to because I know before I, before I had uh, before before I was going to um, try and have a baby, I I had a lot of people tell me that that wasn't possible, and then then I did start following uh, like Sammy Bremner and her the way she come back postpartum after footy and that, which was phenomenal for me. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to get back there and play, and like she was sort of my motivation to get to that back to a, some form of fitness level, I suppose, or uphold it. Um, but yeah. Just, yeah, if if she wasn't a if she wasn't such a good baby either, I wouldn't have been able. I would have been so tired to do any form of fitness during the day. Right, it, it, it's absolutely incredible, and it's such an important topic as well for all of our listeners uh, tuning in. You know, this is something that you know needs to be spoken about more and 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 more education, more knowledge around it because. Um, yeah, it's certainly a big thing in the game, and a lot of things that you know fans don't even think about or consider. But the fact that eight weeks mate that is that is unbelievable but congratulations yeah. to you and your family um that, yeah, that, is, that is absolutely magic and i guess yeah kicked off um you know what was a very positive start to uh rugby league a, as well because uh, let's dive into uh week one of the competition again there's all this you know anxious anxiety heading into round one there always is regardless of you know the level and the different competition talk to us about the game against the panthers because um yeah certainly good to get out there and and and, uh, and get the win yeah, it was it was such a good opener for for us as as cappers um, to have all the girls. Like I think we only did we did two training sessions the week before, plus the Friday night, and the way the girls just brought it together to um, to set the standard, I suppose, for our for our team moving forward allowed us to see uh, where we needed to be and what we needed to do to get through the line and. Um, yeah, it was definitely good to to get the win as well as um, you know just defend the way we did as well was was great as as a group. Yeah, no, definitely, and and it, I just it gives you that boost to say, okay, well, you know, we we've got a football team here, and uh, you know, let let's get into get into the rest of the season. So speaking of, uh, I, I guess you know, testing yourself out and trying to work out where the squad is up to. Well, there's no better challenge than the Burley Bears. That's certainly been a bit of a common theme as we go through this Queensland competition is that we all know about Burley's dominance. They've dominated the competition for over a decade. So, you know, if, if you want to know where the team's at, you know, come up against the Bears and see where you're at. Talk us through uh, round three because, um, yeah, that was that was some battle. Yeah, it definitely was. I know when we all 
like when we get to our team like the week before and we're talking about it at training and, and what we need to do, like they they are the hardest team to beat uh, in the competition. Like if you look at their side, they've they've got phenomenal people in there all together that nearly play together all the time. And um, for us, all we needed to do was just do our things right and, and we would have come over the top. And in the first half, we probably didn't do it as well as what we could have, but definitely in the second half, we... Um, we pulled together what we needed to to get over the line for us, um, which then obviously, um, you know, made us sort of win the second half. Mariah, I'm just going to – you said that they're stacked, um, the Burley Bears are stacked with a lot of the superstars and well-established players. So too are the Valley diehards, but also the Tweed Seagulls. And in round six, you guys went down uh, just – there was only one converted try in it. It was um, – 20 to 14, and you, yeah. you look at the Tweed um, Seagulls, they've got, you know, Georgia Hale, they've got Rona Peters, they've got Jamie Chapman, they've got Taryn Aiken, very yeah. well-established rep players. Um, yeah. You guys had a fairly sturdy spine up against them. You only went down one try. Do you think that's because of, of your cons- consistent spine or what was that? Yeah, I think it's that as well as the the training. Like what I said, like I I live I live two hours away from everyone else that trains week in week out. So there's a few of us that, and then there's another girl, Kayla Rogers. She drives six hours every weekend to play a home game in Rocky because she lives out in Longridge. So wow. like there's there's a there's a we're from a wide range. So if we if we only get together once a week, we're we're pretty lucky to be able to do that. And I know I know Michaela Peck spoke about not having the the same people each week. Where we had the same people each week, we just couldn't um, have the time together. Whereas if we, you know, if we were like everyone else and we could train Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Arvo, and then play a game Saturday, we'd be really well rounded. But um, yeah, if we get the one if we get the one training session a week, we're doing really well. Yeah, and just on that then, I mean, there's so many amazing stories behind some of these teams in the BHP um, competition, and you've just announced another one. Um, But I noticed, like, you started off with a cracking win. Um, You went down in the second last game to tweeters we just spoke about, just only one try in it, and then you finished you know, in round seven with a cracking win. Do you think the um, length of the competition, uh, is it something that you want want to see grow in length or or not? What do you think? I I definitely do, but at the same time, like we can't have a we can't have a length or a double the length season next year because of the calendar next year. Like it's phenomenal for them girls that are going to be playing two lots of NRLWs um, as well as the BHP Premiership as well. So. Um, I think if we could, if we had one season of NRLW, but I, I'd like to see it grow to more of just an interest, and then the girls that the girls that are playing NRLW, they don't, they shouldn't have to, you know, they should be at the level where they don't have to come back and play interest unless they're out of a club side for the week. The same as what the men's do, because it's just so much, so much load on on the girls, and they, people don't really understand the amount of work that it is to like. For instance, even for me, I like I've got to come home from a twelve-hour shift, do training for an hour, put a baby down, then go to sleep, go to work next day, do the same thing again. Like it's not just a, it's a full-time gig if you want to play at a high level of footy. Like 
Mariah, you put that together so very, very well. Just your individual story. People don't understand all the commitments that the girls have that are playing at, at this level. And yeah. um, especially with the double NRLW uh, seasons and the girls having to play in their respective state comps. Yes, yeah. and plus, a- plus the origin, like the origin's going to get bigger too now. And, you know, yeah. it's just. It's just such a big workload for for all the girls that are playing at that level all the time. I give yeah. it to I give it to all of them. And we do Dan and I definitely do. And look, if we can get you people such as yourself and the other players on uh, Mojo for more and more podcasts, you, you just come up with so many great stories that the people out there really need to hear. So so thanks for sharing. No, that's all right. And Mariah, it's really good to get the Queensland perspective on rugby league as well because it's a little bit different. You know, we talk about, you know, stack schedules and so much football and pressures in and around the game at the moment, but you're not in a little fishbowl in Sydney. You know, you're not 20 minutes away from training field. You're not 20 minutes away from from your teammates. You can't even sort of, you know, knock on your neighbor's door and go down and play a little bit of footy, you know. We're going to yeah. we're going to dig in, but definitely need to need to go over the point that the travel and the logistical challenges in Queensland just make it so new yet but also inspiring, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of people that, you know, oh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, don't feel like going to training today. You know, it's a 20-minute drive, you know. So for those people, yeah. You know, we, we definitely drive a little bit of inspiration for some of the people that, that are doing these uh, these epic tales, and we will get them out there, um, and we'll talk more about them for sure. Um, and I just wanted to uh, quickly, before we talk through your roster, just get, give us a little bit of a feel for, because one of the things we've spoken about in the Queensland competition is the physicality in the forwards in this competition. I, I, I just, we cannot stress it enough, uh, just the elite competition of the BHP You've you've lived it. You've breathed it. Talk to us a little bit about you know some of the the packs that you've come up against this year, and a, again that physicality. Yeah, well, like what you said against Tweed, like coming up against Ronna and and Georgia, like they're phenomenal players. And you know if you if you stand in front of them, you get hit. You know about it. But then the same is going up against Tasman Gray at Burley, as even Brianna Clark at um, Valley Diehards, like. Yeah, the list goes on and on. Just about every team's got a got a good forward pack in them, and you know, you know, when you finish a game against anyone in the BHP Premiership, you you need an ice bath after it. Yeah, absolutely, no. There's no easy weeks in that competition. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Well, look. Let's uh, let's jump through now uh, to the playing roster itself, and uh, yeah, just just talk to us a little bit about these outside backs because you know you guys were able to um, you know get a few points on the board this season. Yeah, talk to us about this group. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had. Um, I suppose the first one who probably scored the most tries for us was Bree. I think Spreadbara. She was she was really good for us um, throughout the year. She's quite young coming through and. Um, got a lot of speed and she's just not she's not afraid to run the ball either um which was really good for us as well as we had Emma Packy she I think she only just turned 18 or 19 she played under 19s last year for Queensland and she was um she was pretty good for for us as well um as well as Jess Powell but like yeah they're they're all pretty good all of our outside backs um you know just get in and do the work for us when we need them if we're tired down the back end, they'll they'll come in and take the runs that we need them to take. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess one of the things that we want to circle, and we will go through the groups, but um, you you had your entire spine or, or very close to it play the entire season. I mean that 
that's the secret to success, my friend. I mean, you know, you, you, yeah. talk, you talk about some of the, uh, you know, some of the elite teams um, in various competitions, whether it's the NRLW, when it, whether it's the NRL, um, you know, your competition, New South Wales, doesn't matter where it is, if you can keep your spine together and, and, and play yeah. a little bit of consistent football, it certainly helps. Um, speaking of the spine, talk to us a little bit about your fullback. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Keisha Baker was our fullback for the year and she did really well for us. Like she had an outstanding game in that first round one against Panthers, just slipping through as well and just, just being there in support for us just about any time that we need her as fronties or, you know, coming through the middle, which was great. Um, and then, yeah, just leading off Chelsea, even though Chelsea didn't want to play fullback, she she wanted to be the half. She was still there whenever you ran through the line. She was there for support, but... Yeah, yeah, she's just speaking not about, Chelsea. Speaking about uh, Chelsea, um, there's been a, a bit of an article about her and a, a lot of talk around the traps. She's hanging up the boots. Yes, so, she is, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, like she's going to leave a bit of a hole. Do you see um, any young players um, that might be up and coming to fill that, that number six position? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what Amanda's got in store for us yet, but I'd say, um, I'd say if we can get Emma Packey uh, into the way um, that she was playing sort of at the end of last year, I think she'd be a really good fit for us there in the halves as well. So she's quite young, and you know she's got a lot to learn, but she could, she could really help us on the stepping stone and moving forward with Capras. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's just about, you know, when you see these young, talented players, it's about, hey, let's get our best, let's get our oh. best football players around the football. And uh, no, that, that certainly, certainly sounds like a good plan of attack. Well, yeah, talk us, talk us uh, through your halves because it's, it's not an easy job. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a grueling, intense uh, little season uh, in the BHB competition. And uh, yeah, talk us through um, the season that your halves had. Yeah, so I think yeah, Harles had a pretty good season, really. With Chelsea, she was, she's always, yeah, she's Chelsea. You you get what you get every time she plays. She's always on just about. So, like, she worked really well for us as a six, and then we had young Regan Beardmore from out of Toowoom, or she's down at St George actually, but um, or out at St George for working on a cattle station. But yeah, she was really good for us as well. Um, you know, could direct us around and, and move us to the field where we needed to be or where we needed to play at the time of the game. So, yeah, and uh, I, I guess our listeners are tired of me saying this, but let's talk about let's let's um, spotlight on your dummy half, your hooker. Again, the listeners know how much I think of this position and how difficult it is. But again, for new oh. listeners, it's just you know the reason why I talk about it so much is you just don't get a break. You know, there's just that that constant need to get in there, do the work defensively, but you need to be a bit of an attacking presence as well. Not to mention, you know, provide that good service from dummy half. Um, yeah, talk to us about your your hooker. Yeah, um, Mackenzie Reed. She was phenomenal for us um, last year. She she actually got our Capra's Player of the Year because she absolutely de- deserved it. She was just you know there every time we needed her as well. And she didn't like she didn't pick up any injuries throughout the year, so she's always fit coming into games, and which is good because if we if we didn't have her, our other next option is Crystal Salter, and she she would have well she played fourteen off the bench for us all. Um, she actually played on the wing and then come into the middle and she's only a really little person as well. So, um, yeah, but Mackenzie Reach is phenomenal for us and it'll be great because she's, she's young and she'll be able to, um, help us in years to come with Capras and hopefully she wants to stay here unless the money takes her somewhere else, I suppose. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I guess, you know, one of the things, you know, you look at the season and, and, and it probably didn't go, you know, your way. You know, you guys were, were, were in uh, pretty much every game, but, you know, results didn't go your way. But, uh, you know, talk us through your forward pack because what I – what what I take from your team, if nothing else, is that you guys are physical. You know, you guys won't, you guys aren't intimidated out there. You give it as you go out there, and you're certainly able to hold your own. Talk us through this group because, you know, given where you guys finished on the ladder, you know, probably wasn't the best year in terms of that. But you know, you guys were able to stay in these contests and put up a fight each week. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty good forward pack as well. Like we we talk about every other forward pack, but when. You know, when he talked to Chelsea Lenarduzzi and she says, oh, you got to come up and against the net brand. And she's like, no, I don't really want to run it, Solly. Like, <laughs> that's just how it is, I suppose, in the in our game. And um, But, yeah, she was phenomenal for us as well. It was so good when Amanda rang me and told me that, you know, she was going to come up and play for us for the season. was was really good too because well, she's from Sunny Coast as well. So she just – she's part of our region, I suppose we call it. Um as well as Naomi Clayton as well. And then we had a few other girls that played off the bench, Gemma Brennan uh, and uh, Amelia, uh, not Amelia, uh, Emily McMurdy, I think her name is. Yeah, she played off the bench as well. And, like, they, yeah, you know, you, you, when you interchange your forwards, you don't want to lose anything and we just never lost anything, which is good. Yeah, and uh, you, you sort of mentioned a little bit that there was a little bit of travel for your lock forward there. Uh, uh yeah, let, let, let's just go back over that because that that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, she she travels a long way. Yeah, definitely, Kayla, and I I give it to her every week. Even you know if she wants to come down for one training session, they're like six hours, but she still manages to like. So at, at last year throughout the BHP Premiership, she was just training with the men's side out in Longreach because they don't have a women's side out there. So. She trains with the men's side on Monday, Tuesdays, do their fitness, do their ball skills and drills to keep her to keep her skills up, and then come into training on a Friday night, whether we were in Rocky six hours or whether or not she had to fly from Longridge to Brisbane. So, um, yeah, she's actually one of my really good friends. But yeah, I I give it to her every time she has to drive all the way back out to Longridge. That's for sure. Well, Mariah, we've got it. We've got to give it to you as well. I mean. We mentioned right at the start of the program that it was, you know, only like eight or nine weeks since you gave birth to a beautiful baby girl that you were out tackling on the footy field. We mentioned how strong Queensland are in the forward packs. You played in the number 11. Um, you, you played every game, like from the moment you came back in in, yeah. in round two. So you travel as well. So. Yeah. I just got to ask this: with all the, you know, missing hours of, um, you know, when when your little girl won't go to sleep, and then you've got to do the hours to get to training, and then you've got to do, how was your recovery? Is what I'm thinking. Like, how did you feel at the end of the season? Because you, your forward packs go through a lot, and you, you're quite quite oh. active in that forward pack. Yeah, I it was it wasn't too bad because I sort of knew what I was up against. So. Um, I had a, a not not that I had a, a baby girl in my first year of NRLW, but when when I first when I first played my first year of NRLW, I um, was living down with um, Brito out at like almost, so, and then we were training at Red Hill, and then I was working twelve hour shifts over at Dara. So, like that whole time, I was like working from I had to be up at five to go to work, train wow. until nine o'clock go back out to Ormo, which is still another hour away, and then the next day I'd work a 12-hour shift. 
and then I'd the next day after that we'd go to training. So like I I know what the I know what it's like to be run off your feet and know trying to get recovery done quickly and and recover as quick as you can for the next week. Um so it wasn't really that hard in the respect. The hardest thing was the um you know leaving my little girl for for the night that I had to go spend in Brisbane and that sort of thing. That was the adjustment. Like I know I know how hard it is to or for your body to recover but um, yeah that you don't realize the the hole that's left when you leave your little girl for the first time and with you know issues even with that home with her dad but yeah, oh what the, a fabulous story and so well put yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and there's just been so many pioneers in the women's game but I, I just hope that you know we, we go back and we listen to stories like yourself and and you guys were just pioneering the way as the game becomes more and more professional to try and make life a little bit easier because you know there's there's players out there that love rugby league, and then there's then there's you guys. I mean, you, yeah. you guys um, absolutely, uh, yeah, you, you must absolutely love the game, and um, you can certainly see that by the by the um, you know the way in which you guys are out and, and go and play the game. Um, just quickly to wrap that up, uh, you know, moving forward now to season twenty twenty two, Tasha, your predictions for the Capras, and then we'll go to Mariah. Well, Dan, I know I said this last week about another team, but it does depend upon their player retention and it also depends upon the the young girls coming through, Uh, you know, the depth of any club. It's so very, very important. You're missing um, an absolute trailblazer in your number six with Chelsea Baker um, retiring and I really hope that she... um, she still stays in touch with the club to maybe help those young, you know, five eights come through. But I, I can see them finishing. You know, they that they were at seventh, uh, sixth this this year, seventh. I think I, I'm bumping them up to fifth. Yeah, I, I, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to uh, predict this one myself because. Here's what I'm thinking. I think there were a lot of um, games this season where Capras, they, they just, you know, they, they just had a couple of periods where they, they kind of lost their way and they lost some games, you know, and I think uh, they took a lot from this season. Uh, and my prediction is they'll probably turn around those results. So, you know, it's just such a fast, quick competition that you really can't be losing football games in this competition. So if Capras can go away and just turn a few of those results around, um, you know, suddenly you're up there. So I put too many teams in my top four. So I've got to, I've got, I'm with you, Tasha. I've got to put them in fifth um, just because my mathematics won't work out otherwise. But um, no, certainly see the strategic direction of this club and what the, what they're aiming to do. Um, Mariah, talk to us a little bit about your own ambitions for the team heading into next season. Do we kind of have it right there that, Maybe lost a few too many games this season, but they certainly weren't blowouts. And if you can turn that around, you know who knows where this club's headed to. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You put it you put it very well there. We just you know needed to take them opportunities that we didn't take, and if we can do that next season, you know the world is probably at our platform. Really, um, hopefully we can keep a fair few of the girls together, um, especially like other than Chelsea that probably won't be there, but. If we can keep all the right girls together um, and, you know, get to a few more training sessions with everyone there, which will be good at the start of the year. And then, um, you know, I suppose the world will be our platform. We'll just have to make what, what we make of it. If the football gods are on our side, we'll be there. All right, guys. Well, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. 
And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, the question that we've got is who is the best uh, lock forward in the game right now? And I'm just going to jump in first. Uh, uh, Hannah Southwell, I, I think we've all seen Hannah play, and we, we've spoken a fair bit about her throughout uh, Season 1 here on Mojo Sports. But, um, you know, a lot of things to like about Hannah's game, but to start with, it's her physicality, it's her toughness, uh, it's her ability to, I, I guess, it's her technique defensively, I think, has been really, really impressive. Um, and still so young, and, and she's still got a lot of things to learn and improve on. So projecting her game out, over the next three, four, five seasons. It's incredible to think where Hannah can get to, but certainly at the moment, I think she's doing a fantastic, fantastic job. Uh, Tasha, what about yourself? Um, you know, again, every week we say it's very difficult uh, to just single out one player. Um, but, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Dan, look, really well said on Hannah Southwell. Uh, you know, if you could just watch her tackle, that technique, the way she executes and brings the bigger girls down, like it's absolutely brilliant. And and she's involved with the RLPA as well off the field, so she's a great ambassador to the game. But as far as because you've chosen Hannah, um, I, I really can't go past uh, another great ambassador uh, for our great game, and uh, that's Georgia Hale. You know, she's a great captain. She leads by example. She's always up there um, in the tackle count. She's got a handy little um, pivot pass there from lock forward, which we know is our, um, you know, the future of the number 13. Um, And off the field, you know, like last year she was helping out, um, you know, young kids and young adults with disabilities being able to play our great game. Um, she's just phenomenal. She's she's absolutely awesome. And Georgia Hale, yeah, the best in the 13. Yeah, definitely lucky to have her part of our game. Uh, Mariah, you, again, you know this firsthand. You, you've obviously come up against uh, quite a few talented locks, um, you know, so far in your career. But, uh, yeah, who's a player that sort of caught your eye at the moment? Yeah, obviously they're two very phenomenal players um, that you have both mentioned. But for me... Uh, in the number 13 jersey, I can't go past Talisha Harden. She's she's an absolute workhorse on and off the field. If you ever get an opportunity to watch her train, she's yeah, she'll just get in and do whatever she needs to get done. And as well as the same, she helps out of the community. She's such a great person to have around the group and you know, she'll she'll do the work that needs to be done on the footy field. She's got such a good footy brain and yeah, she's a great person to play alongside as well as be off the field with as well. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Mariah, I just want to thank you for for coming on and being our our special guest tonight and talking all things Capra's football. Uh, Really appreciate you coming on and uh, look, all the very best heading into 2022. I think there's going to be a few people that underestimate this club going into next season, but um, yeah, I think think this this club is uh, going places. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be on here tonight. Um, It really means a lot for us. Um, as a club, just to be able to get our name out there as well as, you know, get a few stories out there that people mightn't have heard before. So thank you very much for the opportunity. No, anytime, anytime. And we uh, we love doing it. We love getting 
uh, getting those stories out there. And, uh, yeah, uh, Tasha, thank you again for, for another uh, great week. And to our listeners, uh, that's exactly right. If you if you do love hearing about the stories in the Women in League, uh, tune in each and every week we do episodes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.